Hello and welcome to episode eight on series three of the Rock and Road podcast. Today I chat to Danny Bryant, a renowned and celebrated blues man with a new album coming out and a UK tour. I tried out an Octopus Energy van, the all-electric e-expert Peugeot. With all the branding, I looked like I was working for Octopus Energy. had great fun in that. I spoke to Fiona Howith, the CEO of Octopus Electric Vehicles, about her EV range. We catch up with Editor Ross on some potential breaking news. And find out why I got called a troll on Twitter today. I managed to cause a huge drama and palaver with drivers of electric vehicles. Find out why on the podcast today. But first of all, this is what I thought of Octopus Energy Van. So first impressions on this electric van are it's very smooth to drive. Pulls away lovely, it's got good acceleration, good braking. I've just driven all the way to Brighton, I'm on my way back now. The only rattling you can hear is the storage that they have that they've had built in the back for the Octopus Energy equipment. But uh, other than that, it's absolutely solid. The dashboard features a speedometer and a gauge to tell you where you are with your electric charging. And when I started out, I had over 200 miles worth of charge to use up, which is great. So I haven't had to stop anywhere to charge it up. Uh, I've got 64 miles left. And it's got a gauge to tell you if it's charging when you're driving, whether it's an eco mode or power. So it kind of encourages you to drive in a more eco-friendly way with less acceleration, as most of these electric vehicles do now. So it's an automatic and it has a reverse neutral and drive which is just a tiny little lever down in the middle and a tiny little p button for park handbrake also one of those little tiny miniature ones that you just pull up with one finger have a usb charging point in the middle could do with some more usb points but one i can see in the middle and the screen has got dab digital radio essential i've tuned it all into the correct radio stations um, and it's got Android Auto, Apple CarPlay. It does have a rear view mirror, which is absolutely useless because it's a blocked in van. So all I'm looking at in the rear view mirror is the seats. Uh, with regards to the side wing mirrors, uh, pretty decent, could do with being a little bit bigger, but what's really good about them is they have a little orange dot when there is a vehicle in your blind spot, which is fantastic. I've just done a lot of motorway driving and uh, sometimes you, you just genuinely can't see if there's someone there in your blind spot. A little orange dot alerts me that there's someone there. So that's really, really handy. I'm in a fully branded Octopus van. Dexter came over from school, saw it on the drive and said, oh, have you got a new job? But I'm in the van with uh, Skylar Dog today, who's relaxing in the front seat, which is a bench seat. So it sits three in the front. Driven a lot of electric vehicles recently. And out of the electric vans I've driven, I've only driven two, this is my preference. It drives really well. The other one was a hybrid, uh, but this is, this is far better. So how come Octopus are moving their engineering team over to electric? I wanted to know more, so I spoke to the CEO of Octopus Electric Vehicles. Please welcome to the podcast, Fiona Howarth. Hi, Fiona, how are you? I'm really well, thanks, Lena. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, can you tell me about your role at Octopus? 
Sure. So I'm the CEO of Octopus Electric Vehicles, and we make it as easy as possible for people to switch to electric cars. I've got um, Octopus Energy at home for my gas and electric, but are you saying that you're now, as a separate thing, doing electric vehicles? Exactly. We have a separate business, which is part of the same group, but we focus specifically on the vehicles. So we, we can help businesses and drivers get their vehicles and finance them. So we're a leasing company, but then we can also, our experts can help them get set up with charging at home, um, clean energy tariffs from our sister company, Octopus Energy, but also we've worked with lots of charge point operators to make it easier to get, get charging on the go as well. Yes, I've had first-hand experience because you have uh, fitted me an Octopus wall charger for the electric Fantastic. vehicles that I review for the podcast, and you've actually lent me one of your Octopus vans as well. Yeah. Um, so Is it fully branded? Yeah, it's fully branded. I'm getting all the looks. Uh, I look like an octopus worker. Um, and uh, my son came home and said, oh, have you got a new job? Um, so, yeah, it's, been, it's been great, actually. It's a Peugeot electric vehicle. So I was driving a Ford hybrid van, and they were saying that they were the first electric van. So what's going on here? Are you the oh, first electric? Number, there are a number of different vans. So we offer a range of electric vans from different manufacturers so we're independent impartial experts so we will take cars and vans from the likes of tesla and polestar and particularly in the van space env 200 actually from nissan was one of the earliest vans that became really popular with our clients so that's been very popular but now as you you've experienced our own team that are installing smart meters have taken the peugeot e-expert and that's an absolute favorite for them they've actually moved over from the Peugeot Expert, the diesel version, into this electric version, and they're loving it. So there's lots of different choices for van drivers if they want to go electric. Yeah, increasingly so. Vans have been a bit slower to catch up with the electric revolution than cars. So in the car space, we're offering over 35 different models, whereas in the van space, I'd say there's about three or four that are really available at the moment, and a number of other ones are being launched all the time. So... It's not just vans. So if I wanted to buy an electric vehicle, I don't know where to start, could I come yeah. to you? Yes, you can. And actually, we've specifically focused in one area right now. So what we discovered is the number one thing putting people off switching to electric is cost, closely followed by the perception of the number of charge points and the range in which the cars will go in, on a single charge. Will they break down and be left without any charge in their car? Okay. So the first one, cost. Actually, if you look at total cost of ownership for electric cars, they are cheaper than their petrol diesel counterparts because typically you can save a lot of money on your fuel fuel costs, up to 90%, in fact, by charging up on, say, Octopus Energy Go tariff, the EV tariff, where you can charge up in the middle of the night for really low rates. Mm. So that's 90%. So people are saving, say, £100 a month by switching from petrol to electricity. God, we spend more than that on petrol. I mean, we're constantly filling it up, really. And then when you think about it, if you just eliminate that, what a saving. Huge savings. There's a lot of transition at this point in time in terms of what will happen. Thankfully, there are so many more charge points appearing now that it means that even if you can't get charged at one, there's typically another one further down the street or the rapid chargers are much better monitored and therefore you can charge up more more quickly with a with a clear parking space. Yeah, the charging points was just on your list that you mentioned, wasn't it? So at least that's being addressed now. Yeah. Do you know there are now more than 16,000 places you can publicly charge your car in the UK mm-hmm. compared to eight and a half thousand petrol stations. That's nearly double the number of places you can fill up your electric car. 
And over 70% of the drivers in the UK have off-street parking, so we can charge at home overnight, just like yes. our mobile phones. Yeah, so, you, you do get into the swing of it once you learn more. But yeah. then I did notice comments, someone saying, oh, but, you know, I live in a flat, what am I supposed to do? And that, that is definitely one of the challenges we look to go to 100% conversion. And that's where things like the lamppost charging really matters. But I think what we'll also see is people will charge up when they're stopped, what we call dwell time. So when you're, you know, at the gym or when you're shopping or maybe you've gone to visit somebody and there might be a, a nearby car park that has free charging and um, hotels, leisure centres, shopping centres, all putting in charge points and often or not, they're starting to give it for free or very cheap rates to try and tempt you to go there because they think you might pop in and buy something when you're there. For example, Tesco have partnered up with Podpoint and Volkswagen and they are giving free charging now. So when I was down in St. Ives on holiday in Cornwall, I've obviously driven down in my EV and that was my closest and nearest charge point and it was free. So wow. it's fantastic. It was my holiday travel was free. <laughs> We're going to see but, a know, lot of changes very quickly, I think, aren't we? Yeah, I think it's going to be a completely different way of thinking about how you fill up your car and where you do it and when. So what was the third thing? It was cost, cost. it was amount of point, charging points. What was the third Range. one? Range. Range, so how far they go. So if you remember, if you go back to your Sinclair cars of, of the Sinclair C5, 80s, yeah. Yeah, that would have gone very, very few miles. And it kind of, EVs got this reputation back then of being basically milk floats, right? That didn't yeah. go very fast or yeah. very far. Whereas actually, supercharged by Tesla, if you excuse the pun, yeah. but they have now got 200 plus miles pretty standard. So actually, the, the van that you're driving, actually, I think is getting probably just shy of 200 miles, probably about 180-ish. Well, no, it said 204 before on a full charge, and I drove it down to Brighton and back, and there's loads left, and even bother looking, it's just, I, I didn't have to charge it down there or anything, it was fantastic. Oh, fantastic. That's great, isn't it? So it's just a completely you know, new world of the range of these vehicles. They've, they, the battery prices has come down, I think, 90% in the last eight years. It's just meant that they can get a lot more range into those cars at affordable rates. And and because it's gone so quickly, actually, in, in the last couple of years in particular, people haven't realised how, how far they go now. And actually, most people are only driving 20 or 30 miles in a day. So I, I can just get away with charging my car up you know, once a week, once every 10 days, oh. and that's all it needs. Yeah, yeah. So if I was an individual or I had a business of my own listening to this yeah. and they wanted some advice from your company, what, where do they yeah. go? Octopusev.com. Um, you can go online. We've got cars on there. You can reach out to us. We've got van experts as well, actually. We don't have a lot of information on the website about the vans, but we do have van experts. So if they're interested, and also on the Octopus Energy side, we've got information on charging energy uh, and, and managing f energy for fleets as well so there's a whole range of things we can help with when you're in your car fiona um yeah. your electric vehicle what music do you listen to do you know i i do listen to absolute i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm actually a 90s girl unbelievably ah. uh, well although i was born in the 80s it's the, the 90s music that i uh it's the one that to. yeah when you're sort of teenager that's the one that sticks with you isn't it it is it is exactly that i do confess though that i've got uh, young kids who do force me to listen to hopscotch songs. I don't know if you've ever listened to them, if you've got kids, but they're very catchy. <laughs> but do you know, there's a really interesting fact on the, the songs that you listen to as a teenager. Apparently, I think it's around about 15 or 16, but the songs that were number one at the age are the ones that stick most with you. So a little known fact, if you're an Octopus Energy customer and you call up and you get hold music, yeah. we've got some data now around what the number ones were. And we have... We are able to match that up with your date of birth because we've got that on record and therefore we can give you 
the song that was number one when you were 16. What? So actually, next time you, if you do need to call us, give you a customer. So it will have a listen. So let, so I'm a customer. So we'll have my yeah. date of birth registered. I phone up from a mobile where my number's registered, and it yeah. goes, "You were born in this year," and it's going yeah. to play me a number one song from that year. No, from the year I was 15 and 16. Yeah, exactly that. That is incredible technology. How on earth did you manage Isn't that? It's not fun. I, I I'm I'm not the the tech, but I've got a lot of amazing tech people within the business. We're definitely tech in the energy space. That was such a clever just, idea. Just one of the fun things we can do with it. Yeah, it's really fun. I, awesome. I, I enjoy it too. I, I always sometimes want to call up just to listen bits of it of wasted time for people. So, yeah, that is so cool. You're ticking all the boxes on the podcast because the podcast is about uh, vehicles and music. So there we have it. We're, we're, Excellent. Well, it's, it's I was perfect. delighted to. Yeah, I was watching your your Model Three one and uh, thoroughly enjoying it. So <laughs> thank, uh, you. thank you for all you do. It's great. No worries at all. Well, it's great to catch up with you and we'll definitely uh, look it up on the website. I'll put a link to it as well on my socials at Rock and Road Pod. Thanks so much, Leona. Really nice to speak to you. Now, Editor Ross, I, I think we're a bit light on breaking news this week. So I was thinking, why don't we just fabricate something and then it will come true? It's kind of like what they've done with the petrol crisis. So let's say there's a shortage of, I don't know, uh, cola. And what's another one? Uh, we've had toilet roll. Let's have napkins. 24 hours later. So, uh, Ross, Editor Ross in the newsroom, can you bring us the latest on the cola situation? I can indeed. There is a breaking report of a shortage of cola. Uh, many trying to get around the vending machines right now, putting in their pound coins. And unfortunately as well, there is also a shortage of napkins not being able to be distributed to those with food. Uh, we're going to go live now to a local vending machine. Yes, I am here just outside of the panic radius. There is anger around every corner. Many trying to place their pound coins into one specific vending machine for, as Savage Garden would describe, a cheeky cherry cola. As for the napkin situation, many crumbs and crumbling relationships to be had. One member of the public even had to use his wife's shirt to wipe the steak bake off his double chin. It's barbaric behaviour here at an undisclosed location. It's if I told you where it was, more people would rush here and in a few days I'm sure we'd start seeing questioned posts on community pages asking if there are any napkins or cola cans in the local stores. Back to you in the studio. Thank you, Ross. And we will, of course, bring you the latest on this on the Rock and Road podcast. We may have an update at the end of the podcast today. Please welcome to the podcast, Danny Bryant. Hi, Danny. Hi, nice to be here. Thank you very much for having me. I want you to tell us about you and your music, kind of beginner's guide to who you are, in case people listening don't know. I know you've had loads of albums out, but can you yeah. give us a bit of a summary about yourself? Oh, well, let me think. I mean, obviously everything nowadays has to kind of be put in a genre, so I guess you'd call me a blues artist. Mm -hmm. But um, there's quite a lot of rock in there as well, and, um, and quite a lot of, uh, as someone described it Americana which but basically to me is kind of Springsteen and, and people like that so it's kind of a, a mixture of the whole thing and uh, I turned professional when I was 18 and I'm 41 now so I've done about 5,000 shows I think and uh, played in most of the countries around the world so I've been pretty fortunate. So you've got quite a loyal following then? 
Yeah, yeah. And I know that uh, one of the stations in the Bauer Group, because um, I'm on Absolute, but uh, I think Planet Rock play your music, don't they? They do a lot, and I'm very grateful for that. And yeah, I, yeah, I, I saw Absolute. Um, I've actually seen where where you guys work because they showed me all around the whole station when I went there last time. So yeah, we've got some nice studios there. You have, you have. <laughs> it's not, it's a nice, it's a nice place to work. But I guess for a while you you were working at home, were you? I still am. I still am oh, at yeah. home. Um, breakfast and drive time shows are from the building because they involve more than one presenter and they have producers and that kind of thing. But me, all of my Todd, quite happy here at home, don't need to be in the building. So I'll just carry on like this for the time being. Well, I don't blame you. Yeah. So uh, so there we go. So can you tell us about your latest album? Is this number 12 in your album collection? It actually is number 12, yeah. And I did have to count it before we spoke because... Uh... <laughs> You don't really keep track of these things, but yeah. That is a lot of albums. The new one's called The Rage to Survive, out on October the 29th. Yeah. Um, tell us about the inspiration for that album. Well, it all came from the title, really. I mean, um, that title just came into my head, and, and it was obviously... I didn't want to write a lockdown record, because I figured when everyone comes out of it, it's sort of the last thing people want to be reminded of, really. But obviously what's happened in the last year has informed, last two years, has informed the lyrics a little bit. And then um, I actually got a rescue dog. It sounds silly, Aww, you know. It's no, not, not, the, most rock and ro- no, not like the most it. rock and roll story. That immediately was, got me going as soon as you said that. Oh, come he, on, tell us. Well, he was um, five months old when I got him because I had to wait a little while because he was coming over from Romania. Oh. And, um, and you know, sadly, he'd been found in a bin as a puppy. Oh. I mean, I, mean, I don't know how anyone could do that. So um, he kind of, uh, the first few days, I sort of hand-fed him and everything. Wow. You know, there wasn't an ounce of aggression in this dog, just just fear. I mean, he's beautiful now. I've had him, had him for a year, you know. But yeah. he's, uh, this kind of theme just kept coming into my head, the rage to survive. You know, he's got this rage... To survive, and it almost is a rage to survive. It's almost an anger to get through something rather than just, oh, well, we'll give it a shot. More more kind of, no, this is going to, you know, it's going to be okay type thing. That's that's actually really inspiring. How did you get into music in the first place? Well, it was my, it was my parents, actually. I mean, um, there was always what I'd call a good record collection in the house in those days, you know, mainly vinyl, which which I've I've kind of taken off my mum's hands now. And she, she <laughs> I'll have that, hinting, thank you. <laughs> yeah, she keeps hinting that she wants it back, but uh, but you know, it was it was a lot of kind of Hendrix and Rory Gallagher and Free and 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 you know, and Dylan and 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 Bruce Springsteen and Tom Waits. So uh, that's really got you know that's that's really what got me into the music and. Um, did you learn well, an instrument at school or anything? No, well, the recorder. <laughs> but uh, no, I didn't. And I didn't even do music at school. But, you know, when I was 15, I got the guitar. And then I was one of these kind of kids that just locked themselves in their bedroom. And all they did was play guitar for like 10 hours a day. So where and when can we see you live in the UK? There are a couple of... If you if you go on dannybryant.com, there are a couple in November on their own. The Propertorium for the UK starts in March. So, um, yeah, I'm, I've got I'm the dates right in front of me, Gales. actually. Yeah. You're starting at the Brighton Concord, great venue. 
Yeah. 23rd of March, then you're off to Dover, London, Southampton, Bristol, Nottingham, uh, Bilston, Manchester, Glasgow, Whitley Bay, Leeds and Sheffield. You're making me feel tired, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all in the space of most of it's March, just a few of it's in April. Yeah, I, don't so, I think there's one day off or something. That's going to be busy. Yeah. Um, so if we want to like see it. you, we go on dannybryant.com. I think that's the easiest way, and obviously all the normal socials. It's not hard to find anybody these days, is it? So we're going to look out for the album coming out on October 29th, The Rage to Survive. Yeah. It's lovely to meet you on the podcast, and um, we look forward to hearing the new album. Well, I'm very grateful that you had me on, and it was a pleasure, pleasure to meet you virtually. Thank you, Danny. Thank you. So today on Twitter, I was called a troll for the first ever time. And this is how it all happened. I drove a Hyundai Santa Fe hybrid to Southampton. I wasn't expecting to go to Southampton in the middle of a petrol crisis. Um, but I had to go there for the third time in three days. I won't bore you with why, but I had to go. Now, on the way back... Um, I'm thinking, I'm in a hybrid, I've used all my electric parts, I can't get any petrol, I'll recharge my electric part of this vehicle, I can get about 30 to 36 miles out of it. So I went to a services where there was an electric charging point, and I thought, well, hang on a minute, I don't understand this, I can't plug in this electric charging point into this hybrid electric vehicle the charges were incompatible. So I took a picture of the charger and I posted on Twitter, get electric, everyone says, but it's no good if the charges are not compatible. Exclamation mark. And I tagged the charging point company, GridServe. Well, little did I know that this would get picked up by drivers and fans of electric vehicles. The other thing I didn't know was that there's a real difference in the communities of electric vehicles and hybrids. There's almost this like snobbery. The EV drivers do not like hybrid drivers, that is for sure. They are dissing on hybrids like you wouldn't believe. I've opened up a whole can of worms. In fact, the EV drivers remind me of angry cyclists. You know when they upset them on Twitter? They're the same kind of people. So I received a lot of anger. I got accused of, of causing clickbait, of deliberately stringing everybody along, of deliberately trying to get a reaction. Of course I would know that that charger wouldn't fit, and I'm just trying to cause trouble for the EV network. One tweet here says, uh, Judging electric cars by taking an ICE, I-C-E, I'm not even sure what that means, as an example, is as wrong as it gets, and the experience at the charger is ultimate proof. They are shit cars, he's put in capital letters. One here from Claire, who says... Please ensure you have the correct understanding of your vehicle prior to bad-mouthing something which apparently you do not understand. One from Casual EV. Deliberately taking a vehicle they know does not fast charge to a fast charge station highlighted a failure in themselves, not the network. Vincent, don't feed the troll. Clive, get an EV next time and stop with the FUD. Which apparently means fear, uncertainty and doubt. John, you needed an AC charger, but I suspect you knew that and took the photo anyway. PHEVs plugging in, thought they were just a tax dodge, says Mauritius. And James and Kate Phantom says, run it on petrol as it's designed. 
So there's a whole world of EV drivers that think that hybrids are just a waste of time. I didn't even know this. I genuinely didn't know about the charging situation. Um, and, and I'm sorry if I caused all this upset. I did say and confront every single person and say, look, I didn't realise this. Why don't you come on the podcast instead of giving me all this grief behind your keyboard? Um, one guy did come on the podcast with me. He wasn't rude to me, but he decided to come on and explain. And it's from another podcast. Let's have a listen. So I'm going to speak to Greg from the Take It EV podcast. Hi, Greg. Hello. Hi. So I made lots of uh, people very angry on Twitter today, electric vehicle users, uh, because I posted a picture of an incompatible EV charger on the hybrid I was driving. Can you explain about all the different types of chargers and why there isn't one for all? (laughs) Why there isn't one for all? I think it's just the history of humanity. That. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, in, in practice, basically, there's two sort of major standards. If you think about it at home, you've got AC power, alternate cu- current, that's what it stands for. And that's what you've got at home. Uh, and then uh, when you charge, when you want to charge your car very quickly, you need something called a DC, which is direct current, which is basically kind of like a battery steady current, uh, you know, just a straight line. And, uh, and in a nutshell, you, you were trying to plug in your car, which has only AC input to a DC charger. So, um, the DC charging is basically for b- very big batteries that are, you know, 30 to 60 kilowatt hours, which, you know, cars that are pure EVs. So then they don't have any other method of generating electricity. They just rely on the battery. They're kind of see massive battery, uh, in case of hybrids, you've got a smaller battery, so you don't need that, that amount of power to, to quickly recharge the car, if that makes sense. So why uh, isn't there like um, a slow charging point at the service stations there? Is it literally just for, for fast charging only? Yes. So it's, it's, I mean, there are some hybrids, plug-in hybrids that have the DC uh, port. Yeah. Normally um, the hybrids I do get loaned have both options. So this is the first time I've come across it and I just couldn't connect. Well, plug-in hybrids generally don't have a very good range on pure electric. Um, so, you know, the, the, if you think about it, the service stations are not designed for pure hybrids in mind because, uh, you know, reason why people generally buy hybrids is because they want to do, they want to use electric, electric range for the local journeys. And, uh, and when they hit the roads on a longer journey that then they'll just use petrol or diesel or whatever they have, uh, for that purpose. I feel like everyone's angry because I wanted to charge the hybrid on a fast charger. And secondly, that, um. Everyone's angry with me because I didn't already know this and I should have known. I, I think everyone kind of assumed that, uh, because you said this isn't the first time you've been driving one and plugging in one, that you should know. But I, I don't think people are generally, um, angry with you or as an owner. I think there's a lot of misinformation as far as the, uh, the dealerships go. Uh, I think people have been sold or missold hybrids, I should say, in my opinion, um, based on the misconception that there isn't enough charging around, which is utter nonsense. You know, there's, uh, there's plenty of charging uh, uh, outlets in the UK and most people charge at home. That's, you know, with the whole fuel crisis at the moment, uh, uh, one of the sort of amazing thing about EVs is that, uh, you know, I've, I've charged at home and, and they don't tell people, okay, well, you know, this is the type of the port that you can use on these uh, chargers because they don't know themselves to be, to be frank. Um, oh, yeah, I was lobbying, been... I think, with the car dealers for misinformation. Someone called me a troll as well for putting on that picture. Oh, dear. Um, so, I mean, that's good on Twitter for you, isn't it? 
you know, the, very aggressive. I've asked absolutely everybody to come on the podcast and say it to my face or as to my voice. And you very kindly have, although you were not aggressive, I want to point out. Um, you very kindly explained it to me. So I thought, well, I'll get you on and we'll go through it. But but that's great, Greg. So it's basically, there's different types of chargers for different types of electric vehicles. You've got hybrids, you've got electric vehicles. Hybrids often don't do the fast charging. So you need to look for a slow charging point if you want to charge your vehicle during a journey, which in this climate I wanted to do because it's hard to get petrol. Yeah, oh yeah, understandable. I've seen way too many hybrids uh, drivers uh, trying to get some charging, some some form of electricity. Well, I mean, I have nothing against hybrids. I think it's a great kind of, you know, in between. So Greg, can I just ask about your podcast? How often is it? Is it weekly? I do it monthly at the moment. Monthly. Uh, just, well, just in return for coming, I just want to give it a bit of a plug. It's called the Take It EV podcast. Uh, the Twitter name is Take It EV. Yes. Okay, Greg, well, well, nice to meet you and thanks for coming on and explaining. Norwich, if you have any other questions, just reach, reach out to me or, you know, I'll, I'm happy to come back. <laughs> nice one, Greg. Thank you. Thank you. This is Ross here with the napkin and cola shortage update and I believe Leona is at Butlins and has an update on the crisis. Ross, I'm at the Butlins 80s Weekender and uh, let's get an update on the situation. I'm with somebody called Trudy here. Trudy, how are you finding it? Um, It's quite disappointing actually. We went for breakfast this morning and I had fried egg. Had I known there were no napkins, I would have probably gone for the scrambled egg instead because as it happened... The fried egg dribbled down my chin. There was no napkins to remove it and I had to wipe it off on my Wake Me Up Before You Go Go t-shirt. Thank you, Trudy. And Sheena, what about you? Yeah, absolutely terrible. I mean, the cola situation is just outrageous. Um, I've come here, normally enjoy a drink. Cola as my mixer had to change my drink. It's just really terrible. What on earth are you drinking? Well, I've had to switch to gin and tonic, which is not something that I really enjoy. So... You know, it's just really bad, really like cola. Couldn't even have any at breakfast this morning. But, you know, the wake me up before you go-go t-shirt, that helped. But it was, you know, egg all over it. Just just ruined it, really. And uh, now to Kelly. Uh, how are you finding it all? Well, I'm not really happy, actually. Um, I do always do the premium dining, which actually doesn't include lunch, which is very disappointing. So therefore, at breakfast, I normally take my napkin and I actually hide rolls, cheese um, and anything else really that I can wrap in a napkin, um, pop it in my pocket for when I get back. Um, This year, unfortunately, there are no napkins. So therefore, I've had to stuff all the food in my bra. Um, It's a new bra. It's it's actually ruined it. So I just don't really know what I'm going to do probably have to buy a new bra or give it a really good soak. Thank you, Kelly. Back to you, Ross. Really powerful stuff there. And more news right here on the podcast whenever you're able to listen to it. Time to go back to Leona for the end of the podcast. Well, thank you for listening to the podcast this week. Picks and info on the socials at Rock and Road Pod. Message me if you want to come on the podcast. Please don't be a keyboard warrior. And if you have any updates on the breaking news, please let me know so we can paint a picture across the UK of the cola and napkin shortage. Next week, I try out a Honda Goldwing. Also coming soon, I chat to Billy Idol about what motorbike he rides these days. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>